is joining us to talk about the release of Derek Chauvin, one of the four former officers charged in the killing of George Floyd, has been released from prison on bond, according to Hennepin County Records. Good morning, Steve Belton, president and CEO of Urban League Twin Cities. How are you? I'm blessed. Happy to be here this morning. Thank you, Chantel. Yes, for sure. Thank you for taking the time to talk about us. Derek Chauvin, uh, of course, we've seen in a widespread video with his knee on Floyd's neck, was released from the Minnesota Correctional Facility Oak Park Heights yesterday at about 11.22 a.m. What are your thoughts about this, Steve Belton? Uh, even though he's not considered a flight risk, is this is is his release in good taste? It's, it's not in good taste, it's not in good optics, but I have to dispute the idea that he's not a flight risk. If he wasn't a flight risk, he wouldn't have put a million dollars bond on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of denominations. There are a million denominations before you get to $1 million that they could have placed his bond at. Right. The fact that it was set so high speaks to the heinousness of the crime that he's alleged to have committed and that we saw him commit, right. but it also speaks to the gravity of the moment. He is a risk just because he's facing and it is likely at least we are all hoping that justice will be served here. Mm-hmm. Should we have expected this to happen? A lot of people saying, obviously, uh, you know, anyone in custody has a right, in a sense, to post bail. Should we have expected this to happen? It kind of seemed like it hit us out the blue. We were like, whoa, what? It's another injustice that we're looking at here. The injustice here is that we have a cash bail system in this country that's based on your ability to pay. And so those who are wealthy, those who have resources, those who have attracted the attention of media and others who would support their cause are more likely to be able to make bail. And so what we have is the monetization of justice. If you've got $1 million or you can post you know, resources, property, or something of value mm-hmm. to get a bail bondsman to do it, then you then you can get out in the street. The average person can't do that, Chantel. Right. Whether it's $25,000 or whether it's $1 million, the average person can't do it. The average person doesn't have the resources. Indeed. Under these conditions of Chauvin's release, he's required to follow uh, instructions of probation, is not allowed to leave the state, is not permitted to possess firearms or ammo, and is not allowed to contact Floyd's family. This doesn't make us feel any better knowing that the fact that he was released, we don't know if he's going to follow any of these rules. What are your thoughts and what is your message to people around the country who are just hurting by this uh by this decision to release Chauvin and are just completely confused and we we're trying to figure out how to deal with these emotions. What is your your thoughts and your advice? Well, the, the fact of the matter is that a murderer or let's call him an alleged killer is on the loose. Uh, the fact that he's posted one big one million dollars in bond doesn't make us feel any better about it. But I'm glad you raise the fact that there are people all over the country who are addressing this. We have people in our own community. We should be no less offended by the release of Derek Chauvin, who is George Floyd's killer, than we should by the fact that we know that there are many people in this community who have committed murders. We know family we know family members, friends and neighbors who have lost loved ones to violence and their killers are still walking the streets. Some of them haven't been identified. If there's a blessing here, at least it is that we all saw what George Floyd did, and we all know who George Floyd is. Right. And so I don't think George Floyd necessarily gets a pass. He's in hiding right now, mm-hmm. Chantel. Let's keep that in mind. No one knows where he is. Even when I say no one knows, 
Supposedly, the government knows where he is because they're supposed to be keeping tabs on him. But you can believe he is on the low low. He is not going to yeah. show his face in public. This is not going to be a comfortable existence for him. Absolutely. But I'm more concerned about the mothers, the fathers, the sisters, the brothers, the children who have lost their loved ones to violence. And we don't even know who their killers are. Their killers are still walking around mm -hmm. the streets and people know who they are but won't identify them. Mm -hmm. Don't we owe them as much compassion and as much outrage about this as we do, George Mm -hmm. George Floyd's killer? Absolutely. Of course we do. Mm -hmm. We're talking to Steve Belton, president and CEO of Urban of Urban League Twin Cities. Uh, Chauvin's attorney, Eric Nelson, so far, uh, no word on his response to uh, uh, any comments, requests for comments. But George Floyd's uncle, uh, Selwyn, Selwyn Jones, said that he will not sleep tonight. He said, one person just happened to be my nephew, started a movement that could change the whole world, which is absolutely true. Uh, and att attorney Ben Crump responded saying Derek Chauvin's release on bond is a painful reminder to to George Floyd's family that we're still far from achieving justice for George. How do you see this uh, playing out, Steve? Any thoughts on how this may go? Or, you know, do you have any thoughts on if they're going to be tried together or, or the other officers involved or they're going to separate? What is What difference does those two uh, types of trials make in this case? In some ways, the release of Derek Chauvin is a distraction right now. I advise people to take a deep breath. Mm-hmm to pray, to be grateful, to remember. I'm thinking of the words in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, which say that God doesn't provide us comfort so that we can be comfortable, but so that we can be comfortors. We all know people who are grieving in this moment, some who are personally connected with George Floyd. They deserve our support at this time. But we also know people who are grieving loss, who are grieving the loss of loved ones who have been taken through violence at this time. Some of it through police violence, some of it through people who they, they knew. And they deserve our support. Many of us, most of us, are not personally impacted by this right now. We are the comforted. And we have an obligation to be comfortable, to be comforters, excuse me, to those who are suffering, who are grieving in this moment. And so I would say, let's not be distracted by the fact that this man is out on the streets now one way or another he'll be held to account uh, in march along with the other three defendants but right now we have people who are grieving who are hurting who are suffering uh, those who are impacted and disrupted by the COVID 19 virus and those who are just disrupted by being black in an america who need and deserve our compassion this deserve and focus our energy this reserve and focus our energies on them Absolutely. Talking to Steve Belton. Final thoughts to our listeners as you talked about the, the pain and the hurt and the confusion and the frustration and the anxieties behind these uh, type of incidents that's continuing to happen to us. It just seems like it's nonstop every time you turn the TV on, every time you're online, you're seeing a, hearing about a shooting. And not only that from the police, uh, but us in our communities, all the violence that's happening around us. Steve Belton, what words of encouragement do you have for the listeners here in the Twin Cities around the world? A world, um, and how do we gain some type of emotional um, comfort? How do we keep ourselves together? We believe that Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter have to be matter. We have to matter to ourselves. So black matter lives have to matter to black people. Right. And so we need to stop the killing. We need to stop the shooting. This is endemic of a system of racist oppression that has created a white supremacist regime that has devalued our bodies. And we we have drank the Kool-Aid. We are believing in ourselves. Mm -hmm. We need to stop doing that. We need to start holding ourselves accountable. We need to believe that we can do better and we can do better. We also need 
to remember our faith, remember where we've came from, and remember um, the folks who have sacrificed their lives, um, their very being on our behalf. So exercise your power. Get out and vote on December 3rd. Don't wait till December 3rd. You can vote today, actually. The Urban League Twin Cities is going to be an early voting site. You can vote early physically in place at the Urban League building at 10 in Plymouth beginning October 27th. I would say now is the time for us to activate our own humanity and our own power. We are not powerless in the midst of the pandemic. We are not powerless in the midst of this violence. We can do better. We will do better. Absolutely. Very well said. Thank you so much, Steve Belton, uh, President CEO, Urban League Twin Cities, for all you do. And thank you for taking the time to talk to us about this sensitive topic. Um, we appreciate it. And where can people find out more information on Urban League and everything that you you guys have going on in the community? You can visit our website at ULTCMN. That's Urban League Twin Cities MN, ULTCMN dot org. Or you can call our phone number, which is 612-302-3100. Much appreciation. You have a good day. We appreciate you. Thanks so much. Be blessed. You too.